0: let's try that one more time. Good evening, everybody. Much better. We're all
1: awake now. We're ready to start. Now, let's all stand, and we'll start off with a word of prayer. Brother Stephen, would you uh, hold this word of prayer, please? Amen. Let's all take your hymnals. Turn it over to hymn number 394.
0: 394, to the Word. We'll sing the first and the fourth.
2: Welcome to a Friday evening of the Missions Conference, so glad that each one of you are here this evening and uh, continue to be in prayer for Pastor Metz here, I think he's still making his trek out to Washington and so um, just uh, continue to be in prayer for that, uh, the, the travels and the uh, funeral service as well for, uh, for Brother Jim up there. And so uh, just continue to be in prayer for that. Excited uh, for this evening. He's going to hear from Brother, uh, from brother Joel Scuffum uh, preaching tonight for us. And we're glad that his uh, parents are here with us, Brother uh, Larry and Miss Judy. And so a uh, pastor there, pastors there at the uh, First Baptist in Mission. And so th- so thankful that they could come. And uh, look, forward, good, look forward to a good service. And uh, Brother uh, Olson Wood, or brother Scuffham, sorry, would you mind standing and leading us in a word of prayer to open the service? So glad to be a missionary as well to the state of California. And uh, so uh, we've uh, been there just only four weeks, a short time, but um, just starting to, uh, or being able to observe kind of how they have uh, been doing things for a while and uh, starting to try to get into the trenches there. And uh, so we have about, uh, uh, on average, we have about 20 to 25 people um, Sunday morning, Um, and uh, not much difference between that. Thankfully, a lot of people. Come back for all the services. Uh, there's very few that um, just are there for Sunday morning. And uh, so it's, it's quite a blessing and uh, just trying to get the word out and uh, trying to get settled in our apartments and all that stuff. And so as soon as we get back, we're going to uh, just hit the ground running. And I mentioned on Wednesday night that uh, we're going to uh, pass out 10,000 tracks before Easter, try to get um, as many people um, to come to the resurrection service as we can. And uh, if you ask me where we're going to put them, it's simple. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and we'll, I have some pictures here in just a second. Um, but uh, we're just so glad to be out there and, and uh, looking forward to get back so that we can really uh, just dig deep and get to work and try to help San Marcos and the Vista area and try to get the gospel out to them. And so I uh, have a few pictures tonight. The first one here, uh, as you drive into our church building, it's on Industrial Avenue, um, and as you turn into our driveway, uh, you're welcomed by these three church signs that are all in the same uh, shopping uh, center uh, as our building, and so uh, we're not quite in a uh, the most um, uh, the the best area. There's a lot of competition. Uh, there's these three. There's also one that's not pictured on here uh, that would be. Of Protestant flavor of church. There's also a Muslim center um, that's in our same building, um, and so uh, not ideal. Um, and uh, people uh, can get quite easily lost as they come into the area where our church building is. Um, and so we've we've been uh, not uh, not super uh, aggressively, but I've been church shopping uh, already and tried to find some things. We currently have about 1,500 square feet um, in the building that we're at, um, but uh, and we pay only like. $1. nine per square foot, um, which is really cheap for there. Um, the places that I did go and see ranged between $1.75 to $3 per square foot. Um, and so we're at a, a catch-22 phase where we don't quite have enough people to move into a bigger location, uh, but we also need a bigger location so we can have more people. Um, and so we're just uh, trying to pray about that, trying to find a good place that will fit us, fit our, uh, fit our needs and, and stuff like that. So uh, the next picture there, um, this is the view from my pulpit um, uh, there at the church. And so um, that's about half the chairs right there. I think there's 36 chairs set up right now. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, that's about 70% capacity full, um, which is just about at the top of how people feel comfortable to be. Um, and so we're, we're right there at max capacity. And Uh, Then the next picture is the opposite view. This is how people see or how people look. And so it's quite a weirdly set up building. And half of the square footage is downstairs and half of it's upstairs. We'll see in a second. Uh, But uh, there's the door that leads into the upstairs. And so you can see automatically upstairs where we have all of our kids program and things during Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Um, And so the first thing that they see is this pile of stuff here. Um, that uh, is not super welcoming or conducive to having a a, welp- a welcoming children's program. And so, um, when we get back, that's one of our main things is to finish that, cleaning it up and storing it and getting ready for our Easter program, our uh, Easter service rather. This is the rest of the upstairs, um, and so you can just see there's just a lot of stuff everywhere, a lot of junk, uh, some good stuff, some not good stuff. Um, and then the next picture is another view of it, um, and as well as the next picture. Um, those black shelves, the the little corner right there is our nursery area, and so uh, you can see it just needs a lot of work, and so that's one of the things that we're going to do, uh, try to accomplish when we get back um, in the next the very couple of weeks when we get back. Uh, this is and this is why here we have five uh, kids right now uh, that are in our in our children's program, and so there's uh, Eden and Charlotte's there, and then the one in the middle is uh, Zoe. And then right next to her is her brother, Kingston. Um, And then the baby that Eden is next to is Isabella. And so we also have two teenagers that are not pictured there. Um, But uh, we want to try to do as best as we can to make sure these kids have a a place where they're not uh, distracted by anything else so that they can hear the gospel. Um, And so that's one of our main goals right when we get back. Um, is to work on getting this upstairs um, as good as possible, and so um, there was a couple of other things that I wanted to give testimony about, um, and so uh, we we also um, have had a couple of visitors, and so we do praise the Lord for that. Um, since we've been there, we haven't been uh, as aggressive uh, yet in door knocking as I'd like to be, but uh, we're still just... Really new, and so still trying to trying to work on getting that together. But we've had a couple of visitors, and uh, and so maybe a couple of prospects, and just trying to pray and see if, see how the Lord will grow His church um, uh, as He allows us to be a part of that. And so uh, we thank you so much for your prayers and uh, and your support for us. And and so I think at this time we have another song. Is that right? Nope, I'm not doing special
1: tonight. Nope. Let's all stand. We'll take our hymns and we'll turn over to hymn number 401.
0: Hymn number 401, Set My Soul on Fire. We'll sing the first and the third. Set My Soul Fire.
1: You see.
2: Um, I forgot to uh, uh, open it up. If you have any questions about California, I forgot to do that. I apologize. So um, I know we've talked a lot about it before we left and stuff, but if there are any questions, feel free uh, before uh, Brother Joel comes up. And so any questions? Yeah, Miss Hope? Uh, Our church is North Hills
1: Baptist Church.
2: Yep. Okay.
1: Brother James? Um
2: I don't think so. I mean you you have a lot of con- a lot of you know preconceived ideas about California um and so if anything I'm less surprised than I thought that I would be um because it's maybe not quite as bad as people make it out to be. Um at least that I've noticed um it's not at least the area that we're at in California it's not like there's uh you know um uh, <laughs> lots of uh ungodly couples walking around that's how i can say that uh and not as not nearly as much as i as assumed um there's uh there's probably less drug usage than i imagine there's a lot of homeless people around our area um and so that was a little bit uh, a little bit new but it's it's probably i'm probably surprised by how unsurprised i am by most of it yeah um yes was brother uh brother mirando was that you
1: Play out
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> they do, yes, glory, yep, yeah. so, uh, and I go there often, uh, so whenever we were trying to get an apartment and everything, we ended up having to switch from looking at a three-bedroom to a two-bedroom, just so we could try to get something that works uh, with our price range and everything, and so. Um, with losing that extra bedroom, that meant I lost an office at my house. And so currently my office is Chick-fil-A on San Marcos Boulevard. <laughs> so I, I go there just about four times a week in the mornings and study. So um, yep, there all the time. But it's been good though, because I've, I've met people there um, and have uh, going to start working on one of the managers there named Carson and inviting him to Easter service and everything. So uh, sometimes that's good to have an office at Chick-fil-A meet people. So <laughs> you just try it sometime. <laughs> yeah, all right, was there another one? One, one more?
1: Okay. Yeah, Ms. John,
2: Okay, yeah, so besides the kids that you saw in the picture and the two teenagers, we're the youngest ones there. Um, and then most of the rest of them are probably in their late 30s to early 50s. Um, and then when we have one older couple uh named the coma face and they're probably in their 60s maybe they're filipino so i don't know exactly how old they are so, cuz you can't tell <laughs> so um but uh, they're a huge blessing though and they they've actually been there since the beginning of the church uh, the coma face haven't? so that's a blessing um but so it's it's between late 30s to early 50s is the average age yeah all right one last one and then um miss Lizzie's going to come up and do a special yeah have you experienced an earthquake yet no earthquakes yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, but uh, lots and lots of rain, which is super unusual, and I think a lot of you have seen that on the news. Even um, lots of lots of rain, some mudslides, and some snow up north. Not where we are, but a little bit farther north. There's been snow uh, in California, so quite unusual time of year um, for weather. But uh, not, no earthquakes yet. So all right. Well, at this time, Miss Lizzie's going to come up and do a special force, and then Brother Joel preach afterward.
3: The faces look so earnestly, their eyes are pleading longingly, wondering where their next meal will be. Just trying to make it day to day as their life so quickly slips away, with never a thought of their eternal destiny. we are to live in this great land of ours surrounded by such luxuries and wealth we think we know of sacrifice yet we give so little of our lives it's time for us to look beyond ourselves there's someone you can life that you can touch. How can you give so little when we've been given so much? Someone's future is depending on what you will do. And to someone in the world today, To live our whole life long And stand before our God What a pity it would be To hear Him say These words These are ones you could have reached These are lives you should have touched How could you give so little When I gave you so much Someone's future was depending On what you would do And to those I put into your path Their only hope was you Let us strive for the goal To reach just one more soul it be too great to hear our father say.
4: Thankful to be in a, in a church with good, godly music. You start turning your Bibles to Numbers 32 tonight.
1: Numbers 32. Numbers
4: 32, let, let's go ahead and stand and, and we'll start reading from verse number 1. We'll read quite a few verses here, uh, I'll try to read, read with purpose. And, uh, Numbers 32, verse number 1. <clears throat> the Bible says, now, now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that, behold, the place was a place for cattle. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Adaroth and Dibon and Jazer and Nimrah and Heshbon and Elielah and Shebam and Nebo and Beon, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle." Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for possession, and bring us not over Jordan. And Moses said unto the children of Gad, and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers, when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea, To see the land. For when they went up unto the valley of Eshgal and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel, that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the and the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he swears, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt, from twenty years old and upward, shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, and unto Isaac, and unto Jacob. "'Because they have not wholly followed me, "'save Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, "'and Joshua the son of Nun, "'for they have wholly followed the Lord. "'And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, "'and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years, "'until all the generation that had done evil "'in the sight of the Lord was consumed. "'And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead.' an increase of sinful men to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if ye turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. And they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel, until we have brought them unto their place, and our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan or forward because our inheritance is fallen to us on this side Jordan eastward. And Moses said unto them, If ye will do this thing, if ye will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord, until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if ye will not do so, behold, Ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. We'll stop right there in the reading tonight, and the title here uh, this evening is The Caution of Convenience, The Caution of Convenience, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for the day that you've given. Thank you for the time that we can be here and gather together. Lord, we ask your, your blessings on the continuation of the service here thank you for the songs that were sung to praise and honor you and lord i pray that you would just help us now as we're here in this conference and and lord we we do each one want to seek you and, and seek what you have for us lord help us to seek you and what's best for us lord we ask that you'd just continue to give me the words to say lord that we would each one just be submissive uh to your leading to us we do pray this all in your name, Amen. You may be seated. Today in our society, we do enjoy many conveniences. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for conveniences that we have. I'm thankful for and thankful that we have a reliable vehicle to get here. That we got uh, indoor plumbing here, and we got plumbing in our house. And we're thankful for things that are convenient. That, that, that's a good thing. That, that's, that's wonderful. And uh, just conveniences that we have today, just uh, most make, make life easier, make, make things easier to go about life. That, that, those are good things. Those are wonderful. But as Christians, the, we, we have to recognize that the easy road in life is not always the best road in life. Just because uh, a pathway of life may be easy, it may be more comfortable, does not mean that that's what is best for you. And, and just the, the fact is that the, this passage here it just serves as a, as a reminder to us to pause and ask, what does God think? What does God think about this situation in my life? How does this affect my relationship to Him? How does this affect, uh, affect my relationship with my fellow church member? How, how does this affect my walk with God? Does this, does this situation in my life, uh, does it draw me closer to Him? Or, or does it allow me to drift further and further away from God? We can't just rubber stamp God's approval of a situation just based on our circumstances. Let me say that again. We can't just rubber stamp God's approval just based on what we see, based on circumstances around us, and, and just uh, assume God's will, assume God's leading in a situation when God's not leading. We, we must have the leading, leadership of God within our lives. That's not just a teenager thing to, to seek, that's a people thing. Uh, through all, all ages of life, you need to seek God, young and old. As we look at our text here here this evening we we see the these two groups, these two tribes, Jazer and Gilead here they they come to this place of uh, uh, the, the cities Jazer and Gilead and the the two tribes of Reuben and Gad and, they, and they, so they come across this place and they discover they find out that it 's a place for cattle and that, was just a, that was a good thing it was a nice thing and just a uh, just the reality is though that Reuben and Gad were just led by their eyes. They were just led by what their eyes saw and what they could just physically see with their eyes. And uh, it also reminds me of the, the account in Genesis in chapter number 13, where Abraham and Lot come, come across some land as well, and the Bible says in, in Genesis 13:10 says, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan." but that didn 't turn out very good for Lot, did it? And just because Lot was led by what his eyes saw, Lot later just saw his family go to destruction instead. By leading according to his flesh and according to his, his thinking rather than God's leading. Last, uh, last night we, we heard the account of Ruth in chapter number 1 where Elimelech's decision there was to, to go to Moab. It was directed by his circumstances rather than the leadership of God. As, as, as Elimelech there, facing, well, we got this drought here, well, well, we'll just go and flee to Moab. But that didn't work out very good for Elimelech and his family, did it? Carnally minded decisions will lead to destruction. Husbands, dads, if you just lead according to your flesh, your family will face destruction. We, we, we want what's best for our families, we want what's best Uh, for their benefit but what's best for their benefit is following the leadership of god not just following my leadership i need the leadership of god within my life that if i just lead according to my flesh my family will face destruction carnally minded decisions will face destruction but spiritually minded decisions will lead to blessings We, we, we want what Everybody in here no doubt would say, yes, I want, I want the leadership of God. I want the blessings of God upon my life. But you can't just follow your own flesh. You can't just follow according to what you want to do. Walking by faith doesn't always make sense according to our eyes. Many would know Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. True, true faith and true leadership of God is not just following according to the path that, lead, that seems best according to our eyes, but rather following the leadership of God. And, and many times we can't see the path that lies ahead. We, we, often God doesn't lead just according to our own eyesight. God doesn't God doesn't always lead according to the path that's most convenient for us. But God always leads us according to what is best for our lives and according to His will. Not according to our own will and what we want for ourselves, but what God wants for us. And so here is the, these uh, two tribes here. They, they, they come across this land, and really just the, the logic of it is, wow, this is a good place for cattle. And just kind of this light bulb moment we got cattle it's good for cattle we got cattle god's in this but rather i don't see any indication within the text here that god was moving in this situation but rather it was their own their own indication their own carnality and just their own selfishness saying we're just going to settle down here when it was their leadership rather than god's leadership God knows the path that's best for your life, so you should just trust God. And whatever your situation in life, you may not be surrendered to missions or God calling you to missions, but you still need the leadership of God in your life, just the very same. That I, I can't just go to Cambodia on my on my own leading, on my own account. That that would be foolishness just to, to go take my family around the world and, and and just in that manner, but if God's leading me, it can be good, it can be very, very wonderful. And just thankful that, that more than just a burden, but a call of God upon my life to go, and just the just the fact that, that we as people must be surrendered to the will of God within our lives, and that even... If you just wait for situations and circumstances to just all line up and everything be convenient, then you're just going to continue just in a holding pattern all during your life. But if you, if you follow according to the will of God within your life, then you can go, even when things don't make sense. That you can follow the will of God, even when you are in situations where, yes, this doesn't make sense, and, but but we also shouldn't be in situations in our life where we're just led according to our eyesight, led according to, to our own whims, and however we think, We're just like Reuben and Gad coming across this land here, oh, we got cattle. This is a good place for cattle. God's in this. No, God wasn't. God most certainly was not in this situation here. And so rather than just following according to our own leading and our own flesh, we need to follow God. Uh, I was doing some work in the garage yesterday. I was listening to a message uh, out of Proverbs 20, verse 24. It says, Man's goings are of the Lord. The, man's goings are of the Lord. Now, How can a man then understand his own way? You can't. That, that's the answer to the question there. You can't understand your way. But God knows. Therefore, follow God. Than, and rather than leading, uh, following the path of your life based on your eyes or based on your emotions, because you will get down the wrong path of life if you're just led by your eyes or led by your own emotions. There's a church recently, and, and uh, a guy asked, asked me a question uh, about like, my um, call to Cambodia and, and call the missions, and yes, we'll... What was your emotions like during that time? I have no idea. I, don't, I, I probably wouldn't be able to do, articulate and explain my emotions of yesterday, let alone back then. But, but rather, And so rather than depending upon emotions or how you feel upon the time, uh, it was just in my heart's desire that the Lord would show me Scripture. And to show me God's will and, and what He had for us and what He would have for me and my family, not according to my own emotions. Those are up and down, even as a man. But according to the will of God and God's purpose, God's will for me and my family. Here in our text here, look in verse number 4 again. It says, "...even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel..." Is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. It's just the, the depth of their logic there. Just the again, we we've got cattle. This is a good land for cattle, and and just the the shallow reasoning here within these uh, two tribes here. But but uh, too often we're we're pretty shallow in our own reasoning. We can we're good at at giving our own uh, our own thinking of logic. To, well, this is why we've got to leave the church. This is why we've got we to move and, and God's leading. Well, make sure. That, make sure it's not just the circumstances or you got offended and things like that. But make sure it's the leading of God within your life and not just your eyes and your emotions. Because the fact is that we don't know what's ahead. In our path of life, we don't, we don't know what's around the corner. But God knows. And so rather than just making decisions based upon your eyes and what you can see, follow God. Because the, the fact is that uh, you can't figure things out better than God can. Because God knows, God knows what's around the corner a whole lot better than you do. The fact is that here, here in the, they make this request to Moses here in, in verse number 5 it says, Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for possession, and bring us not over Jordan. I want you notice here that their, their request wasn't just, a, was not just an evil request and just a terrible request, it just simply wasn't a spiritually minded request. That it was there was nothing wrong about it here in the text, nothing terrible. It just wasn't the will of God for them, and, and so here they they make this request before Moses, and, and 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 rather than just rather than just simply submitting to the will of God in their lives, they're, they're just uh, seeking what they want for their lives. But there, there's a greater problem here within the text, here, more than just this request of the land and request of, uh, of wanting uh, just a, a good land. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a big problem here, that the request of the land uh, the, would have prevented them from participating in what was ahead. Notice the last phrase of verse number five, and bring us not over Jordan. So what's the, what's the timeline here? Well, they weren't across Jordan. They, they hadn't gone through the conquest years of Joshua. They, they hadn't uh, finished what God had ordained, God had established for them to, to go through. Just all the, the conquest years of Joshua and, and how that God would show himself mightily at Jericho and how that God would show himself there to the children of Israel but the problem is that it would have the request to stay back and take care of the cattle back in Jazer and in Gilead would have prevented them from participating in Jericho and the other battles ahead. Because that's a problem. If, if here is Reuben and Gad are just sitting on the sidelines here, and the rest of the other tribes are, are, are doing the work or fighting the battles for them, that's a problem. So look at verse number 6. It says, And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? And So here, just the, the fact that if, if Reuben and Gad were to stay back and not go to war, it would be a discouragement to the other tribes. Well, that just makes common logical sense. That if if uh, if you're if you're there at work and the other guy's sitting down, you're like, hey, why isn't he working? And, and same same situation here as the as the other tribes would, would be out at war, and there's there's Reuben and Gad back there just sending to their cattle. That that would that would be a discouragement to the to the rest of the group. You see, the the principle here is that when you Choose not to participate in the spiritual battle, you discourage from others from participating as well. Sometimes you may may think, or well, why should I go beyond my comfort zone and 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 try to sing out in church services? Well, it, it's not just about you. And to to sing from the hymnals and to glorify God for one, it's to first and foremost, is to honor and glorify God. But also, it's a help and encouragement to your other brothers and sisters around you. Because if you're just kind of just singing and just kind of singing on on level one and just kind of just barely, I don't want anybody to hear me, well then, but rather, just sing out and honor and glorify God. Because first and foremost, it's praise and honor to God, but also it helps everybody else. Same principle applies in, in Christian life as well, that if you're a sideline Christian, you're a discouragement to others. Don't be a sideline Christian. Rather, instead of being a discouragement to others, be an encourager. Because if you are fully participating in the battle, rather than discouraging your brother, you can be an encouragement by showing up for outreach times, by showing up to, to clean the building. Just, just being a servant, servant of God, the, rather than, than just being a sideline Christian to, to just kind of breeze by and do the bare minimum, rather you can, if you have the mentality, I want to honor and glorify God, I want to, that God would be at the center of my heart, God receives the praise, and it lifts up the brethren. So Moses here in, the, in this passage, he, he's encouraging the children of Israel uh, here to, to that, that Reuben and Gad wouldn't just be on the sidelines and back there tending to the cattle. There's nothing wrong with the cattle. That wasn't the problem. The, 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 the issue was, was are they submitted to the will of God and that God's will was for, at that time was for Israel all to stay together. And not to splinter off into different factions and different groups and everybody doing their own thing. But no, they had battles ahead. They, they had real, literal battles that God had purposed and, 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 and God knew was in the future. They couldn't see the battles. What was their situation and what, was, what were they supposed to do? Submit and follow God. Submit and, and, and whatever God lead for them to do, submit and follow God's leadership. But things look pretty convenient here. That's the danger. It can be a danger in a Christian life when you're just floating along led by your eyes. That's a danger. But rather, rather than following according to our flesh, we need to submit to the will of God. Every single one of us. Because your decisions do not just affect you. Your deci- Your decisions affect your own, your church family, and broader than that. because God's purpose for Israel here at this time again was, was for them to all be together and to 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 honor and glorify God. Notice in this principle as well that that those who who place focus upon themselves can quickly become disengaged from the battles. This is Here, as God is leading Moses to, to warn, to, to lead the children of Israel here, don't go this path. Don't, don't follow down this path of, path of life because they, they could quickly become disengaged within the will of God and what God wanted for them, God wanted for their lives. And so rather than do that, stay engaged within the will of God in your life. Uh, I was thinking as I was driving here tonight. We, our uh, car, we've got a, a six-speed manual car, and, and sometimes when we're coming to uh, stoplights and things, I can uh, just to, to uh, slow down the stoplight. Sometimes I'll, I'll just put it in neutral and just and ride it out to the stoplight. And then sometimes we, sometimes just uh, when looking at other things, uh, of course I, I forget to put it back into gear, and and. It doesn't go very good if you just got it in a neutral. It revs up real high, and, but, but rather than, rather than just uh, going in neutral, I, I think we need to be engaged in gear within the will of God within our lives. Rather, rather than just mindlessly, heartlessly floating along in the Christian life, you need to be submitted to the will of God within your life. <clears throat> Throughout my life um, there's been principles uh, one of the uh, one of the key principles in my life uh, just that the lord's led me in is that uh, just in this matter of seeking the lord's will is just this that god won't won't lead me in a situation that would limit my spiritual growth <laughs> and just as, as situations uh, come along and and as if just as the two tribes here, they got the situation that comes along with the, the land, and it's almost as if they say, well, well, this is, a, this is something that I offer, we just can't refuse. And, and many of you and my, myself have been as well, I've had times where there's a job offer, where uh, it looks like a good deal. It, it looks like a good one, but it'll take me out of church on Wednesdays. And take me out of a out of a youth activity type thing. Well, just and go back to this principle that God won't lead me. In, God will not lead me in a situation that would hinder my spiritual growth. That that is it's just a just one of those situations in, in life that that's a that's a good e- easy quick decision. Nope, that's not the will of God. That God God want me to be on, in church on Wednesdays regardless of what the pay raise is. God want God God just wants not just what is most comfortable for my life, but God wants what is best for my spiritual growth and what is best for my walk with Him. Regardless of whether it seems convenient or
5: not. Whether it seems like a can't-miss, can't-lose
4: offer. Because the fact is that we have to be careful not to, not to confuse coincidence with providence, There's times in life where, sure, just things just kind of seem to line up, just as it is here in the text. It seems to line up, but we just still need to go to God. And regardless of whether things line up in our eyes, we have to make sure it lines up with the Word of God, because the will of God won't lead according to His Word. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God, and make sure and pray and seek God that it's His will and not just convenient circumstances. The fact is, in our passage here, the their request here in these first five verses, the request was based on the convenience of the circumstances rather than the leadership of God. There, and there's no indication in the text here that I see that it was the, the leadership of God that was leading them to this decision. Rather, it was them leading them to this decision. And we're no better than that. Again, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So therefore, seek God. Just because it's the easy way doesn't mean it's the right way. Just because it's convenient doesn't mean it's God's leading within our lives. And we have to recognize as well that God can use circumstances. God can use, use things to, to show us, but God's not restricted to, restricted in showing us His will by just, uh, when I was praying about uh, whether it was Cambodia or not, I wish God would just show a script up in the sky and show me, show me like, where He wanted us to go and, and, and things like that. But God doesn't do that. But rather, God uses His Word. God uses, uh, and when we go to the Lord in prayer, that we would seek Him. Because God wants a relationship.
5: When seeking the will of God,
4: you don't always need to wait for all the details to fall in place. But rather, when God reveals His will, you can move forward in confidence. You don't need details. You don't need circumstances to know the will of God. And the... The will of God's not not a situation where God's stringing along the carrot and you can, never, you can never know the will of God for your life. No, God wants you to know His will. God wanted them to know His will. But they were not seeking the will of God. Rather, they were seeking what they wanted rather than what God wanted.
5: It would be rather discouraging if the text just stopped right there.
4: But rather, just this wonderful situation where God led Moses to lead the people. Uh, God, was, God had Moses there for a reason. God, God had Moses there. It wasn't an accident that, that God had appointed Moses. But rather, here, the, uh, and Moses here in this wonderful situation, Moses just simply provided spiritual leadership in this situation where they were lacking spiritual leadership. God used his leader, Moses, to show them, hey, you're out of line. Get back in line. And just a situation here where, where good spiritual leaders will protect others from making foolish decisions. Because kids left to themselves will make foolish decisions. But a 33-year-old left to himself will make pretty foolish decisions. That I need, I need godly leaders in my life. I need, I, I need the leadership of God within my life. And so God didn't just leave Reuben and Gad here just on their own just to figure things out. But God had Moses there for a reason. And God's got your pastor here for a reason. And so be, be purposeful to pray for your pastor. And when God leads your, leads your pastor to, to deal with the situation in your heart, don't get mad at him. Just be, be diligent to seek the will of God within your life and And where he doesn 't have to address your issues, but rather God would address your issues directly to you I, I, I know in, in a pastor 's situation that make things a whole lot easier but here and so, but here is Moses here is just a situation where where Moses feared that that they would just follow down the same road that Israel had already gone down before well what 's that? It addresses it there in the text where Back in Numbers, chapter number thirteen, the children of Israel come up to the land of Canaan. They say, "They see well. There's big giants here. Well, we can't go there." And but rather, it was their fear that had prevented them from going into the land, not not God lacking power, but rather them lacking faith. And here, just Moses Moses was. Uh, teaching them and guiding them to, to not repeat the sins that had already gone on before, but rather to seek God and what God had for them. God's will was for Israel to, to look to Him for strength and guidance, yet they, yet they had feared and they had voted against God. Back in Numbers 13. And here, almost the same thing is happening Again. There's not giants here in the land, but they're still trying to go down their own way of life. They're still trying to follow what they wanted rather than what God wanted. Look at the, look at the text here. Uh, verse number 8. Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up unto the valley of Eshgal and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel, that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he swears, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Read verse number 12 again. Just so wonderful here. Verse 12 says, So save Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenezite and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. You say, well, I can't make a difference in, in the world today. Two men did. Two men did. Caleb and Joshua, that, sure, that Israel still went down the, the path that they chose back earlier in Numbers. But but here is two men, two two men of faith made a difference. And they're in, even in. Uh, Judges chapter number 1, where, where Caleb, as he's old at that point, said, I, I want that mountain. Still, still there, that, that Caleb being a man of faith, was, was just there in Judges chapter number 1, was just this contrast, where, where Caleb was there, this man of faith, yet the, the children of Judah, they come across these, these chariots of iron and say, no, we can't conquer those. But, but here is Caleb He was able to drive out the giants. Just this wonderful example of faith here in in just this man named Caleb. But here in Numbers 32, sometimes God uses others to redirect our focus upon him. That's where Moses was in this situation. As just these two tribes... Gad and Reuben had had gotten their focus off off of God and what God wanted for their lives, and rather looking upon what they wanted for their lives. And God had Moses there for a reason to, to show them, hey, you're wrong, get your heart right, and look back upon God, and rather than living in selfishness, live in faith. You need godly spiritual leaders in your life. Whether you're pastor and and staff members, you need godly friends. A, a, A good friend is one that will say, you're wrong. When you're out of line, a bad friend will let you go down the path that you're going on. But a good friend will tell you that you're wrong. And guide you back according to the will of God within your life. Verse 13 says, "...and the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and He made them wander in the wilderness forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of sinful men, to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if ye turn, turn away from after Him, He will yet leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people." Here's just this situation here where this godly spiritual leader was warning them against going according to their will, but rather seek God and what he wants for your life. He's saying, hey, you've gone down this path before, don't do that. Follow what God wants for your life rather than what you want for your life. And just just this wonderful, uh, gracious situation here of just guiding them back within the will of God. Because the reality is that when you get out from under your headship or, or your authority is when, is when you, you can get in trouble within your life. Uh, Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 11:1, Be followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. Just to, as Paul was supposed to be uh, under the leadership of God, they're supposed to be under the leadership of Paul. And, and and just this wonderful situation. As long as you're under the umbrella of safety, you're protected. But when you get outside of the umbrella, is when you can get in trouble. Moses is warning them and guiding them to to get back within the will of God. And, and verse sixteen through nineteen, just a situation here where where they have an indication of repentance, and they 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 they. they They take a step towards repentance, but I don't think that they got quite there. Because true repentance is a change of direction and a change of heart, but rather they're giving uh, situations and parameters around what they wanted still. And so I think it's a good step in the right direction, but I don't think they got quite there. And just, but yet, here in the grace of God in this situation, where later on in the, in the situation where God allowed them to have this land. Again, the land wasn't the problem. The problem was that they weren't seeking God.
5: I want you to
4: skip down to verse number 23 as well. And so... So Moses, here they they have this agreement here that if they if they agree to to go into the battle and they're not they're not staying back on the sidelines and being a discouragement to others, they have this agreement that that, that God would provide them this land, that God would use it. But verse twenty three it says, "But if you will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out." Three, there is not not just a Um, not just a verse of a of a parent to a child of be sure your sin of lying will find you out or be sure that that situation in your life yeah it's gonna it's gonna come up but rather what's the context they were outside of the will of god They, they were brought back into god's will and what god had for their their lives but if they chose to be outside the will of god again god knows God knows God would know the, the fact uh, that, that their decision it wasn't just a decision again that would only affect them, but rather it would affect the group as a whole So based upon the, will, based upon the word of God here, that it's a sin not to be involved within the work of God to not be involved within what God has for you within your local church here, it's not just an amoral thing of, well, it doesn't matter. It's not what the Bible says. But rather, if you are not engaged within what God has for your life, if you are not engaged within His will for your life and what God has going on within your local church, it's not just an issue that doesn't matter. It's a sin and it may not be uh, it may not be what we think within our lives but it's what, what God says here you got here your faith promise missions commitment here and so with the text here the if God tells you to give 100 dollars a month but you put down 20 is that just a thing that doesn't matter or is that a sin uh, that that is if God gives you clear direction and clear discernment of what His will is for your life, then verse number twenty three be sure your sin will find you out the god, god knows it 's not hidden from god it's not it 's not a secret to God and, and that of uh, what what He wants for your life God knows and and rather than just randomly putting things, putting something down on a card. I think you ought to seek God on what He wants you to give. And seek God on how God wants you to be involved within your local church. Because it does matter. It does greatly matter. That, that just what, what you think what is best for your life is not always best. You may think it would be better just to stay back in the land of Jazer and Gilead and tend to cattle. Nothing wrong with that. If that's what God wants for your life. If, that, if 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 God wanted them to to stay back in Jazer and Gilead, God would have revealed that to them. But that wasn't God's will at that time. God allowed them later on, but but too often we can just get ahead of things in our lives and, and presume the will of God, assume that well this is God's leading, this is where God wants us, but it wasn't. That's where they wanted to be, rather than what where God wanted him to be. And Moses so graciously, God led Moses to lead the children of Israel back within his will. And just a situation here where, where God used his leader to, to lead the, the tribe of Gad and the tribe of Reuben back within his will. God wants you to know what he wants for your life. It may not be on the mission field. It may not be that. Uh, that's God's will for m- my life and for my family. But that may not be for you. God's got a place for you here. So don't sit on the sideline. Don't, don't be like Reuben and Gad and, and what they wanted to do in the situation here. And oh, well, we don't need to participate in those battles. They did. Most certainly. They, they needed to participate because God's will was for them all to be together. Not... Reuben and Gad off doing their thing, other tribes off participating in the battle. But God wanted them to all move forward together. And it's so wonderful in a local church setting, when everyone's involved, everyone's more encouraged. Uh, And just the aspect that more involved, more engaged within the battle, God's glorified when we submit to the will of God and not just my own will. Because when I submit to my own, when I follow my own will for my life, my life becomes a mess. And your life will become a mess when you try to follow your will rather than God's will. That's where, the, where Reuben and Gad were headed. But God led Moses to lead them back on the right path. Sometimes we can just get in a situation where uh, I, I think this is best. No, it's second best. And, and God God just wants us to follow him rather than follow ourselves. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then, and then Brother Charles. Lord, I thank you for the day. Lord, would you just please continue to help us. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, would you just help us to follow what you want for our lives and not just what we want. Lord, I thank you for the time you've given. Lord, I pray that you would lead each one according to uh, their... Purpose within this church and Lord what you'd have us each one to do. Thank you, Lord, for the time and we, we do pray this in your name. Amen. Stand
2: to our feet together this evening. Brother Charlie's about to sing a song of invitation. The Lord spoken to your heart. Would you come forward? Would you do business with him? Are you following God's leadership in your life this evening? When it comes to missions, when it comes to ministry, are you following his will for your life? The Charlie C. Versa 1. Joel, thank you so much for that. Thank you all for being here this evening. We have some desserts lined up. I think for um, Southeast Asia, is that right? South of the border and the islands. Okay, so so close, so close, uh, and so uh, good, good. Looking forward to that. And so uh, uh, let's all uh, let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Uh, be sure to be here tomorrow, five o'clock. Five o'clock for the uh, uh, missions banquet, always uh, always a highlight uh, of the year, the missions conference. And so I'll be here for that, expecting a lot of good stuff. And so um, let's uh, close in a word of prayer. And uh, we'll enjoy some time together. Father, thank you so much for uh, allowing us to be together in your house this evening. Uh, thank you for uh, each one that has made their way here. Thank you for uh, the, uh, for uh, the Scuffums being here. Uh, I ask that you would help us as we have a time of fellowship now. That you would uh, bless it. Help us as we go home tonight. That you would keep us safe. We love you, and ask this in Jesus' name, Amen.